I had the privilege and the opportunity today to, to share God's word with you. And, uh, you know, I haven't done this in a long time here, right? I've done it someplace else. I've been preaching here and there, but, you know, it's been a while. And, uh, of course, uh, before 2015, I was preaching pretty regularly, especially before 2013. I had a ministry here within the River Church, and we were the Spanish ministry. So we were called El Rio Church. And uh, every Sunday I would be preaching and bilingual most of the time. Uh, but now, you know, it's been a while since my transplant. A lot of you know about me, and I, some of you prayed for me so much, and, and God did a miracle in my life, and here I am, you know, still kicking it here and sharing with you today. Amen. <laughs> you know, as, as people, as human beings, we're always talking. We're always communicating. We're always sharing or saying things, you know, and uh, words are very important. Do you agree with that? Words are very important. Words can build an individual or words can destroy an individual. Words can build a home or words can destroy a home. A business a church, a community, or a country. Words are very important and they're very powerful. Words are very powerful. The scriptures speak about the power of words. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, it says, the tongue has the power of life and death. What does have that power? The tongue. But of course we know that our tongue doesn't talk by itself, right? It is us. Our words have the power of life and the power of death as well. I want to see a, a clip right now just to illustrate the power of words. Uh, in our clip today, and I think that we can play it right now. Uh, it's, it's a very I similar. Well, watch the clip first. And I see a whole army of my countrymen here in defiance of tyranny. You've come to fight as free men. And free men you are. What will you do without freedom? Will you fight? Fight against that? No! We will run! And we will live! Alright? Fight and you may die. Run and you'll live. At least a while. And dying in your beds. Many years from now, would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to that for one chance, just one chance, to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom! Awesome. Yes. In that movie, Braveheart, 
Mel Gibson that is portraying uh, William Wallace, whose main character, motivated or rallied up a bunch of scoundrels, an, unf an unfit army. Actually, it wasn't even an army. And he motivated them with his speech to the point that not only did they go to war, to battle, with a, with a more powerful, with a very well-trained and armed army. Not only did they battle with them, but they defeated them. And it was because of the words, the motivation that he, he encouraged them. He started talking to them, and those words that he pronounced motivated them to such a point that they went into battle. Not only did they go into battle, but they won the battle. Words are very powerful. The words of John F. Kennedy, how many remember his famous words that say, ask not what, you can, what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. Those very powerful words that he pronounced motivate me to such a point. When I heard the speech and I must have been about 10 years of old, all I wanted to do was serve, serve my country. And so when I was 18, I went and signed up, and when I was 19, I went into the Marine Corps and knowing that I was going to go to Vietnam. But I always remember the words that he pronounced. Later on in life, the words that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., share about the dream. Boy, they impacted my life and, 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 and I treasured those words and from time to time I had to read them over and over again just to feel motivated. Just to appreciate and, and uh, there's power in the words. Now, I wanted to point this out, the power of the words, because I wanted to, to talk about not the power of the words of men, which are powerful. But if the words of men are powerful, how much more powerful is the word of God? Hello. How much more powerful is the word of God? Very powerful. You know, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, I mean, verse 12, it says, uh, for the word of God is alive and active. For the word of God is what? Say it. For the word of God is what? Alive and what else? Active. Sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing the soul and the spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. That's how powerful God's word is. I mean, it's amazing how, one, how powerful the word of God is. God's word, number one, is alive, right? It's alive. Now, it is also powerful. And you know what else? It's active. What does that mean? Well, it means that the word of God it's as powerful and as effective today as it was when it was first given or when it was first written. 
It's powerful. Praise be to God. It's active today, meaning that it's not a historical thing. It's an active word, even today. It's just as powerful today as it was in the past. The word of God is doing things. It's active. It's creating. It's bringing things into fulfillment today, just as it did in the past. That's God's word. So today, I want us to dive into God's word, as per se. You know, we, we're going to be starting this uh, uh, series, which is called what? That's right, Project 90. And what it was one of the subtitles of this program is Get What? Drench. Get drenched. In other words, dive into it. Get soaked in God's word. And so for the next few weeks and the next few months, we're going to be going into the New Testament. We're going to be getting, diving into the New Testament and discovering so many things that God has for us. You know, doctors, they study medicine. Biologists, they study science. And engineers, they study engineering. And, and everybody, pilots, have started what? Aviation. And we have millions of Christians throughout the world, and a lot of us don't ever open up the Bibles or study God's Word. How can we call ourselves Christians if we don't get into God's Word? Right? So we have to get into God's Word because we discover who God is. We discover what his purpose, what his plan is for our lives. But we need God's word in our lives. Psalms 119, I think we sang about that, or we're going to sing about that. 119, 105 said, your word, oh God, is a light into my path and a lamp into my pathway. Brothers and sisters, To me, and when I see this, I'm thinking, what was the psalmist trying to say when he pronounced those words? Your word is a light, a lamp for my feet, and a light on my pathway. Think about that for a minute. Does that sound to you like the psalmist is trying to say that if we are not applying Living, studying God's word, then we're going to be walking in darkness. Hello. In the darkness of this world. Without hope. Without the promise of eternal life. And that's why there are so many problems in the world. Because people don't study God's word. They don't read. They don't become informed what the word of God says. And they have lost the fear of the Lord. Because the only thing that he holds back humanity is the word of the Lord. And we teach it to our children. We teach it at home. And we try to live it every day of our lives. The Bible is for today. It's just as powerful. It's the word of God. In fact, The word of life is so alive that John chapter 1, 
verse 1 says, In the beginning was the? And the word was with God. And the word was God. The same was in the beginning with, with God. So that means that if we love God, we need to love his word. Because that's God. We find God through the scriptures. We find Jesus through the scriptures. We find out the purpose for our lives through the scriptures. We find out who God is through the scriptures. I mean that if we don't know the word and we don't dig into the word, we don't study the word, then we don't know. We become ignorant. Hello. And so we need to get into God's word for our own benefit. That's what God gave us his word. So that we can live by it. So that we can know what is rightfully ours. You know, I, I, the Lord did a miracle in my life. And it's obvious. And later on you're going to be seeing something that might shock you. But the Lord did a miracle in my life. And I, I trusted the, the Lord. The Bible says that God hears our prayers, right? And not only does he hear them, but he answers our prayers. But how else are we going to know about all of this if we don't study God's word? How else are we going to know that we're lost and we're sinners if we don't dig into God's word? How else are we going to find out that there is hope for us and hope for eternal life and hope for healing and hope for, for, for uh, the Lord interceding for us if we don't study God's word? We have to get into the word. We have to study the scriptures because in, through the word, God speaks to our lives. God shows us things that we, if we don't get into the word, would ignore. So my text today is found, the scripture today is found in 2 Timothy chapter 10, verse 3. I mean, chapter 3, verse 10. 10 through 17. You know, I was thinking about today and getting into the Word and, and, and bringing this uh, little message for you. And, uh, and I said, Lord, I'm rusty. You know. <laughs> and, and I felt like the robot in the Wizard of Oz, you know, the, the uh, thin man, when he started walking and squeaking, you know. And I said, Lord, you know, I, I need the oil of the Holy Spirit. So I pray for God to anoint me. With that oil, so I don't squeak. <laughs> so that I can share God's word with you. <laughs> Anyways, in a, let's pray, and let me go and get into the message of today, all right? Father, I thank you for this opportunity, Lord God, and thank you for your word, Lord God. Speak to our lives, Lord, and, and just bless us through your word, Lord God. And Lord, we just praise you and glorify you, Lord God, for this opportunity. And this is your word, Lord God. So I pray that you will bless us through it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, the scripture that we're going to read is found in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10 through 17. But in here, Paul is speaking to his spiritual son, He's writing a letter, wrote a letter for him while he was in prison, in a Roman prison, awaiting his execution. So Paul's days are counted. 
He knows he doesn't have too much time. He knows his end is near. And he writes to his spiritual son, his protege, Timothy, some last minute or last moment instructions. You know, when somebody's passing, the people gather around that person, that family member, to hear the last words of this person. Either words of instruction or words of blessings that they're going to leave for us. And likewise, Paul, at this time, he feels and he knows he ends near. He knows he's going to be put to death pretty soon. So he's write this letter to Timothy, a letter of instructions. He is interested in Timothy becoming a good minister of the word of God. He's a young man, but Paul wants him to be properly equipped for what lies ahead of him. He knows that Timothy is going to face problems. And so he is sharing with him. He's writing these last-minute instructions, last-moments instructions to Timothy. And he says, verse 10, 2 Timothy chapter 3, You, however, know all about my teachings. My way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecution, sufferings. What kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra? The persecutions I endure. Yet, the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Now, you notice what it says right there? Now, it doesn't say maybe or might be persecuted, but what? Will be pers persecuted. He is not making it easy for Timothy. He's telling him like it is. He's saying, you're going to have trouble, young man. You're going to face problems. So you need to be prepared. And you need to be aware of these things that are, because you definitely will, what? Be persecuted. In fact, in verse 12, he says, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evildoers and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving in being deceived. But it's for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. He's reminding Timothy that he knows because his teachers, who were Timothy's teachers, his mother and his grandmother. And he, he said, you know the scriptures from your childhood. You know, it was a custom of the Jews that their children will learn scriptures from their infancy, from their childhood. They knew that he was going to keep him for life. And so Paul is reminding Timothy that those teachings that he received, 
made him wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Verse 16 says, and this is my key verse today, all creature, all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be truly equipped for every what? Good work. Now, notice that say all scripture is God read and is useful. Now, it is through the word of God, ladies and gentlemen, that we learn about God. That we learn about the Holy Spirit. It is through God's word that we know our Lord and Savior. It is through God's word that we understand his purpose and plan for our lives. It is through God's word that we learn that we are lost and need a, sin, a savior. It is through God's word that we learn about our need for salvation and that it is through God's word it is through God's word that we meet Jesus. Once again, Psalm 119, and I want you to keep that in mind. Verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. Is God's word light for your path? Is it a lamp unto your feet? I mean, it should be for all of us. We've got we to gotta look into the scriptures. And I praise God that we have in this time that we're going to be getting into the New Testament because it gives us the opportunity to dive into God's word. And, you know, we, we, we're going to do the New Testament, but later on you, on your own or, you know, at some other point in your life you can start doing after you finish this, the Old Testament as well so that we can become aware or what God's word says to us. And so that we can live by it. Amen. It is important. Or we need to get into God's word. How many times have we heard people. When we talk about the Bible. How many times have we heard the excuses that people have. In regards to the Bible. They say, and I'm just grabbing a few of them that I've wrote down. I think the Bible is just a book written by a bunch of men. Have you ever heard that before? I have. Some of the people, the Bible is too hard to understand, so I'm not going to read it. Because it's too hard to understand. Another one is, I don't really think it is important to read the Bible. I go to church. I trust Jesus to save me, but I don't trust the Bible. And this is what some comments that people have made in regards to the Bible and why they don't get into the, God, the Word of God. But, but it is important for us to get into the Word. We have a need for the Word. 
2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself a proven to God, a workman that need not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly dividing the word of truth. But look what he says. He says, Study to show yourself a proven to God, a workman that need not to be ashamed. I want to mention four things about the Bible. Number one, the Bible is the inspired word of God. The Bible is the inspired word of God. It's not just a book written by man, but 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21 says, for prophecy never had its origins in the human will. But prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were moved along by the Holy Spirit. So although it was written by men, those men were inspired, led, moved, guided by the Holy Spirit to write the scriptures. Another thing is that the Bible or the word is profitable for anyone who reads it. It is profitable for you. It's profitable for me to learn the scriptures, to study the scriptures. Second Timothy 3.16, our, our text says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Can you say it with me, profitable? Profitable. But we all understand what that means. We all know what that means. It's to our benefit, right? It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be truly equipped for every good work. So, the Bible is the inspired word of God. Second point is that God's word is eternal. In other words, it has no beginning and it has no ending. God's word. It's always been, always will be, and always was. John chapter 1, once again, verse 3, he says, Through him all things were made, without him nothing was made that had been made. But once again, he says, In the beginning, verse 1, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Another thing is that the word of God will never pass away, will never end. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 35, say, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word, what? Will never pass away. Why will it never pass away? Well, it will never pass away, brothers and sisters, because this is my next point. Jesus is God's word. Once again, in John chapter 1, verse 14, he says, and listen to, to what he says, and the word was made flesh, and the what? Word was made what? In other words, the word of God took upon humanity, took upon a body, became what? Flesh. 
Man, I mean, that, that's a powerful thing. The Word becoming flesh, incarnate. And not only that, but dwelt among us. Now, he says, and we beheld his glory. Glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of glory. So that's Jesus. He was always with God. He was God and became flesh. So Jesus, contrary to some other religious doctrines may say, Jesus is God in the flesh. He took up on flesh to come and live with us, to come and live in this world and be a sacrificial lamb, the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He, he couldn't do it just by having the word. He had to take upon flesh. He had to live like a man. He had to live like a person in this world. He had to walk. He had to be exposed to the same thing that we are exposed to. And then he was sacrificed. He that knew no sin paid the price or the wages for our sins. He, Jesus is the word that became flesh. Praise God. So you, some, some of the people say, oh yeah, Jesus was a good teacher. Or Jesus was a prophet. He was all of that, but he was more than that. He is God. And he is existing and will continue to live. And that's why the word says, the, the, the one that I just mentioned right now in Matthew, he says that in the what? Heaven and earth shall what? Pass away. Listen to that. Heaven and earth shall pass away. That means that they're going to be over and done with. But God is saying, but my word will never, never, ever, 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 ever pass away. God's word always is. Praise God. I mean, that encourages me so much because we can bank on God's word. We can trust in it. So, Jesus is God's word. Praise God. The last point I want to make in regards to God's word is that the word is powerful. God's word is powerful. There's a story in Matthew chapter 8. And I want you to read it with me. Matthew chapter 8. And I'm going to read from verse 5 through verse, verse 13. And he says, When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help, saying, Lord, he said, my servant 
lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. And Jesus said to him, should I come and heal him? Now Jesus is asking him a question. Should I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. But just say the word. Can you say it with me? Say the word. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. Notice the assurance of this centurion. He's not saying might be healed or perhaps he will be healed. He said will be healed. Just say the word. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I tell this one go and he goes and that one come and he comes and I say to my servant do this and he does it. When Jesus heard this he was amazed and said to those following him truly I tell you I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Praise God. We are right there. We will be right there. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And I don't think I need to explain that, but we all understand who he's talking about. Then Jesus said to the servant, to the centurion, go, let it be done just as you believe it would. And now listen to the last part of this verse 13. And his servant was healed at the same, what? Moment. Hallelujah. Now, I don't want to focus today in the servant, in the centurion's faith. What I want to focus today in, and what I'm focusing in, is in the power of his word. I mean, we all know about the centurion's faith, but I want to focus in the power of his word. Just say the word and my servant, what? Shall be healed or will be healed. That's how powerful the word of God is. Jesus didn't have to go there. He just sent his word. And the servant was what? Healed. Praise God. How many of you trust the word of God to that point that you, you trust and say, God, you are with me, and because you are with me, no one can be against me. And if they are, Lord God, greater you are that he is in me. The scripture says, greater is he that is in us than he that is of the what? Of the world. Praise God. He is with us. His promises are there for us. His word is there for us. And so, what I want to bring to you this morning is precisely that. Trust in God's word. Dig into it. Dive into it. Get drenched in God's word. Learn it. Apply it. Believe it. Trust it. Walk in it. Because you'll be walking in the light. Once again, I, I want to mention this. If we're not walking in God's word, then we're walking in darkness. And the darkness of this world is going to 
take us and, 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 and bring us so many negative things into our lives. How many believe that you have God's blessing upon your life? Amen. It is true you do have it. How many know that not only do we need God's blessing upon our life, but we need God's favor upon us? You know, every time I pray, I pray for my wife, I pray for me, I pray for my children, my grandchildren, and my relatives, and, and our friends, and, and members of the church. And I pray, God, let your blessing be upon us, but Lord, let your favor be with us. And you know how many times I've seen God's favor? I hang around with one of my friends. He used to be a former sheriff, got into an accident. He's here. Andy, where are you at? Andy, hey, lift up your hand so they know who my friend is. Right there. Andy Roberts. I love that man. He, we hang out together. And I've been having a series of, the, of things that have happened in my life just recently. For instance, the other day, you know, my house is still under construction. I mean, not that it's not building from, from, from everything. We tore it down and we're rebuilding it. You know? But we are re, uh, remodeling our home. At the beginning, it was just going to be the bottom floor, but we decided to do the whole house. So we've been out of our home, and we've been homeless for four months. If you check my cars, both of the SUVs, they're packed. You can only sit in the front seat in my wife's car because the other ones are packed and mine is too. But, you know, God is so good to us. And the other day, my wife was going to go drop off her car uh, at the uh, at, at, at NATO Center uh, to get a check. And so I'm driving behind her, and I said, I'll follow you. So we just made a, a left out of my, the street where we live in, and we passing right in front of an elementary school. And right, right by our house, it's, it's a new school in Chapman Heights where we live, and, and he's right there. And so uh, I saw a man. He was about 70-something years old, and he's dressed okay, but he started waving at us when we were driving by. And I looked at him, and I go, oh, my goodness, that, that man looks like he's in distress. Now, this was the middle of the day, around 12 noon. And I said, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can help him. Uh, instead of my wife, because I know my wife, you know, she would pick him up and throw him in his car and say, where do you want to go, you know? <laughs> but, <laughs> but I say, I want to be there before she does. So I, I got around her, passed her, and then I, I looked at the man, pulled down my window, and I said, sir, do you need help? And he says, yes, I need a ride. And now I'm a little leery. This is a nice neighborhood. Uh, and I looked at him, and he's dressed okay. And I said, so what do you need a ride to? He goes, over there, just, just to the, I, I even forgot what he said. He says to the, to the uh, just to the main boulevard. And I says, okay. And I says, uh, but I was thinking, maybe he's got a problem and he's lost. Or maybe he's running away from home. Right? Did you know, that happens. And so I looked at him and I go, uh, so do you need a right? He says, yes, he's, and I says, and I, I start thinking, man, he was about 105 degrees, and here's this man. He's got shorts on. He's got a Hawaiian shirt, short sleeve, but, but he's right there, and I says, I better take him. So I took him for just for the sake of not having him exposed to the sun and having him walk 
you know, to wherever he was going. And so I says, come on in. I opened the door for him, got in, and then I went down the street and made a left on Fifth Street, and not too far away from the old police station used to be in Yucaipa and the library is right on Fifth Street. He says, right here, right here, right here. And I said, oh, right here. And I said, so I wanted to ask him, so where are you going and how are you going to get back? But he didn't give me a chance. He just said, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And he says, and he told me something that, that after that he goes, thank you for helping a stranger. And I said, wow. So that happened. Now, yesterday, I met with, with Don Morris early for coffee, Don here, and we, we had a little meeting right there. We were talking about precisely about what was going to happen today and things that we'd like to talk about. And so Don Morris said, hey, I got to go. And I said, okay. And I stayed there, still drinking my coffee. And then I started looking on my phone, you know, messages and stuff like that. And I was sitting on a little couch outside of Starbucks, one of the new Starbucks in Yucaipa. And so I'm sitting right there. And, uh, and then looking down, then I noticed that there was somebody standing right, right there. And so I look, and there's this man. He's probably in his late 70s. He's dressed okay. And he looks at me. And he says, sir, excuse me. And he says, do you know where I can find a public phone? That's a public phone. <laughs> I said, yeah, if we go back about 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> I said, sir, there's no more public phones anywhere. I says, but uh, who do you want to call? Since I want to call my mother. Not my mother. Okay, so where does your mom live? Says, she lives in the San Fernando Valley. And I say, is that area code 818? He goes, yeah. So you know the number? Yes. And I said, here, use my phone. And then he called it, and uh, I guess because my number is a strange number, it was blocked. And so he couldn't, uh, you know, the call didn't go through. And so he hands me back my phone, and I said, what happened? He says, uh, just didn't go through. I said, let me try it. So I tried it, and I, and I called in the same thing, and I said, I'm sorry, sir. You know, uh, it's not accepting my call. I said, so I don't even know, you know, what to say, but uh, we tried. And he goes, you know what, sir? He goes, thank you so much. You know, and so he says, thank you for helping a stranger. Again, help you. Thank you for helping a stranger. And God is, any good karma is coming to you. He says, and I go, no, not karma, blessing. He goes, yes, blessing. He goes, thank you so much, sir, for helping a stranger. And he walked away. And then I looked back down, but then when I looked, he was not there, right? So anyways, I told my friend Andy, because we were supposed to meet at the park and fly one of these big airplanes that he has, and so we were going to try to... To, to roll it at, at one of the, the parks over here in Yucaipa. And then I told him, he goes, John, do you ever think that those might have been angels? And I say, oh, my God. I didn't think about it. But they were both out of the blue. You know, it was so strange. So, so we never know. But, I mean, my desire is to help, you know, to give a helping hand. Why? Because... I got the word of God in my life. And that makes a whole big difference.
You know, I went to see my doctor this week. I had a, an appointment with my liver doctor, and I had an appointment on Wednesday with my kidney doctors, and they checked me, and they put the stethoscope on me. And then I was thinking, how nice it would be. I mean, I had the nurses put the stethoscope on me, listen to my lungs, uh, three of them this week, and four doctors, they listen to my lungs. So I, my lungs are very popular. You know, I, they told me, you got good lungs, and I thank you so much. I will not lend them to anybody. <laughs> I will not let you borrow them. But, but, I, but I was thinking about this, and I say, how wonderful it would be if we could use the stethoscopes for the brain. Put them right here, and we can read all the thoughts, everything that is going through the mind. Uh, you know, I mean, I say, how crazy that would be. That would be awesome, you know? But, but I'm sure that we don't do that, but God does. Yeah. He knows exactly what's going on through our minds all the time. But anyways, I, I want to tell you that we're going to be getting into God's Word these coming days, these coming weeks. Please enroll in, 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 uh, in that program, Project 90. Do it. I want to show you how God works miracles today. We read the story of the centurion. I don't know about you, but I believe and, and trust in God's word and what he says. I've been just about this close to dying. This last time, it was one only out of 18 times that I'm about to lie throughout my childhood and my life. But God spared my life. I don't know for what reason, but I see God's purpose and plan fulfilling that the fact that I'm here today and I'm sharing God's word, I can see God, but God's purpose and plan still is for my life. He still wants to use me. But I, wanted, I want you to put that picture on right now, please. Look at that sick man. Does he look very sick? He's dying. That was me. That's me. That was June 2015. They had just removed the thing that goes all the way to the esophagus for breathing because I started breathing on my own. So they had taken it off. I believe in the power of God. I believe in the power of the word. I believe in his promises. I trust in his promises. And I know that that picture could be pretty shocking, but that was me. And I want you to see the amazing things that God can do. He brought me back, and I felt that I was going to die probably the following day. I had kissed my wife goodbye, who's here. I had said, it's going to be okay, honey. God will take care of you. Pray, please let me go. Don't force me to take any more medication. Anyways, it's not doing any good. Don't force me to eat. Let me go. I want to go with Jesus. I know where I'm going. Paul said, for to me to live is Christ and to die is to gain. I said the same thing. I said, God, please take me. I want to be there. I want to close my eyes and open them on the other side. You know, folks, when I got my transplant and I woke up, and I was already conscious of what was going on, I opened up my eyes and I saw lights, and they didn't seem like I was in heaven. 
I said, oh gosh, this looks like ceiling lights. <laughs> and I cried. <laughs> Because I expected to wake up on the other side. I expected at least a couple of angels to be looking at me and saying, hello, welcome. Or Jesus, right? But it wasn't so. So I was crying. My wife said, honey, why do you cry? And I go, I didn't go. <laughs> but I'm happy to be here. And be happy to share God's word with you today. And I praise God for it. And I want to conclude right now with these words. Folks, let us dive into God's word. Let us study God's word. Let us get into it. Let us become aware of his power. Let us become familiar with his promises. Let us learn what his purpose and what his plan is for our lives. And please, don't let the enemy to continue to rob you from God's blessings. Father, we thank you. Thank you for this opportunity, Lord God, that you gave me to share your word, Lord. Lord, I just want to praise you and continue to worship you, Lord God, until I have my last breath. Father, I, I pray that you will continue to move in our midst, in our lives, Lord God, and in our families. And here at this church, Lord God, continue to bless us with your presence, with your love, with the unity that we have in Christ, Lord God. Let us not look, Lord God, at our imperfections. Let us not look at anything else, but let us look at each other and see what we are. We are one in Christ. We are your children, Lord. I thank you for this in the name of Jesus. Amen.